As some of you know, I've got two sons, Max, who's five, going on six, and Cyrus, who's three, uh, and not so far away from four. Max was supposed to start kindergarten in the fall, and uh, we actually had him signed up for the local public school's Mandarin Immersion Program pretty excited about that. We had gotten him a tutor on Wednesdays to start teaching him Mandarin and making some forward progress on that. When it became clear that school wasn't going to go back full-time, the game plan had been for the district that they were going to let students attend two days a week. And doing immersion two days a week didn't seem like it was necessarily going to work super well. After all, that's not really full immersion anymore. So we started mapping out our different options and choices, trying to figure out if that would make sense for us. And then it became clear that it was going to go all remote. And even though we've got a very, very sharp five-year-old, the idea of trying to immerse a five-year-old in all of their instruction, being in a foreign language that they've had very little exposure to, Um, before going in just didn't seem like it was likely to succeed because I think a lot of the benefit of an immersion program is that they're surrounded by that language all day every day Um, they're getting to see people's lips move they're having fun side casual conversations in the language so just didn't seem like that was going to work well for us. I think it would have been a different story if Rebecca and I spoke Mandarin at home. Um, and so this was sort of a natural extension to a language with which uh, he already had familiarity. But yeah, not going to happen. So we made the tough decision to uh, pull him out of that. And we're still planning on having him start immersion as a first grader next year. Um, TBD, what happens with schooling next year. But then that put us at an interesting point where we had to figure out what our educational plan was for Max this year. Now, interestingly enough, California doesn't actually mandate kindergarten. So technically, we could have kept him out of any sort of real schooling at all um, because he uh, is going to turn six after September 1st, um, which apparently... Uh, legal interpretation is that that means that schooling wouldn't be required for him for this year. But we we do actually want to support Max's continued intellectual development, uh, which has been coming along very nicely. So we needed to think about what kind of a program to put Max into. Taking a look at the required state curriculum, we realized that we're going to need math and science and reading and writing and social studies um, and physical education. So what we wanted to craft was a plan that would be intellectually engaging, uh, fun, uh, directed largely by Max's interests, and also have an important social component. So where we landed was we're doing this super hippie thing called forest school in the morning with a family that we are potted with. So we drop them off in the woods <laughs> at 9 a.m. and we pick them up at noon. And that's kind of the game plan Monday through Friday. Uh, weather permitting on Fridays, we, we may t- uh, take him to the beach. Um, and that's where they get exposed to nature. They end up learning a lot about uh, biology and plants and fun things like that. And they come home dirty and happy and tired. And, and I think that makes for a really wonderful morning. So the kids really like that. 
on Tuesdays, we're doing swim classes. Um, and then in the afternoons for Max, um, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we're doing Singapore math. Um, and right now, Max is leveled somewhere between first and second grade, um, even though he's technically uh, supposed to be going into kindergarten. Um, and very proud of him. And so, yeah, he, we're, we're doing the first grade Singapore math program. He's um, able to do it quite well. It's a little bit bored, so we may end up bumping him up to second grade. Um, on Wednesdays, we also do uh, Mandarin. So just wanting to continue to ramp him into that, especially with the game plan of him going full time into uh, Mandarin Immersion next fall. So we figure if he's got a year of that, he'll probably be in fine fettle uh, to come join at that point. Uh, and then we're supplementing with music and art. Our au pair, uh, Gustavo, is really amazing in terms of uh, pr providing that kind of extra instruction. And then we've got a big trampoline out back to go and jump up and down in and a yard to run around in. And then um, for days when it's too smoky inside, we've got a Xbox with Connect uh, and uh, Just Dance. And the kids love uh, listening to the music and jumping around and having a dance party. So pretty much every day we are guaranteed to have uh, about an hour to two of jumping up and down and having a dance party. And it's really good exercise for them and it's really fun. The trampoline is just spectacular too. They really love it and they've improved a lot in dexterity and gross motor coordination uh, from, from using that. And then in the evening, uh, we read a lot of books. So I'm, I'm pretty excited. We did a big shift from iPad books uh, about three weeks ago to paper books. And we incentivized that by just buying them a boatload of paper books of all sorts. And that actually went really super well, maybe a little too well, because now the kids expect us to read them about 100, 200 pages a day. Um, and I'm, I'm not exaggerating. We've got one book called Bunjitsu uh, about a bunny uh, learning <laughs> martial arts uh, principles. Uh, and it's over 100 pages and Cyrus likes it to be read to him uh, ideally twice a day. <laughs> Then Max is super into uh, th this other um, British mystery series, and each of those books is 100 pages. So I, I have them help uh, read parts of that to me. And then if I'm, uh, if I'm busy, it's really funny because Max is just like, will get frustrated if I don't have, if I'm in the middle of something, I don't have time to read him, and he'll just open the book and start reading uh, himself, which is, of course, the exact response I'd be hoping for here. So... Um, Pretty psyched. Um, oh, one other thing that's super cool is Gustavo is teaching Max Python programming, and they're writing very, very goofy programs together. Um, Max actually taught me a couple things in Python, which is pretty cool for your five-year-old to uh, teach you some tips and tricks about programming. Uh, so, um, yeah, he's getting to have a pretty interesting and and fun time and i i think this is not actually going to be a really terrible year for him which is good it's um it's a lot of work a uh, lot of impingement on what otherwise would be working time but um 
I, I have it crazy easier than almost anyone I know. So I really, really, really can't complain here. Uh, having a amazing au pair, having an amazing community to partner with on this, having wonderful resources, um, like with the Singapore math, uh, using varsity tutors for Mandarin. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty neat. And I feel like there's going to be a lot of innovation at this point in time as a bunch of the status quo systems that everyone has known for a while don't work very well are, are no longer really an option because they, they work so poorly uh, in, a, in a remote setting that they're forcing people to say, hey, wait, um, what does it mean to get an education? What does it mean um, to, to teach, to learn? Uh, how do we want to track progress? And they're kind of going back to these very fundamental questions of the, the purpose of education to figure out the right form factor for education. And, and I think the wonderful aspect of that is we're going to see a tremendous amount of innovation happen. Um, that's obviously happening really intensively at the collegiate level, where people are not super happy with spending $70,000 a year for some internet-streamed lectures. Um, but similarly, I think we're going to see a lot of changes downstack, where gluing a four-year-old um, to a Zoom call for five, six hours a day is also very obviously not going to work. Um, so I think that's going to prompt a lot of interesting discussions, and I think it's also going to prompt a lot of edutech entrepreneurship and open the door for some real opportunities to fix uh, a bunch of these problems that we've had in education not being terribly effective. Uh, if you take a look at um, test scores and test rates over the last couple decades, we've, we've tried a lot of things. We've changed a lot of aspects in terms of how we educate our children. But that, that hasn't actually resulted in provably, markedly better educational uh, outcomes and results. So I, I think now there's going to be this new wave of experimentation. And my hope is that we get better at it. And we get better at understanding how people learn and using effective techniques and tactics to accelerate that learning. Um, there's, there's a whole lot of really low-hanging fruit here, but there just hasn't been enough energy to go and change those things. Um, but now I think um, life has forced our hand, and there is going to be energy and investment in improving the state of education in this country and around the world. And I'm actually excited about that. And I hope that our kids, as a result, will actually end up getting a better education. And I, that's just what I want to leave you with, is that a lot of the framing around how to deal with education in this time is around harm minimization. It's around how do we make sure that this year is only a bad year and not a terrible year. And if you look at so much of the framing, it's really in that, in that light. But I think it's much more interesting to look at what if this could actually be the most remarkable year educationally for a lot of these kids um, that they've ever had, where they could learn more than they ever could have in a classroom and traditional context. The most 
remarkable educational year of my life was definitely sixth grade. And the reason why was that I was in this tiny little school, not tiny prestigious, just tiny. And uh, it was literally in the basement of a church. And we were allowed to study any subject we wanted on Friday. So we'd go down to the bus stop, take the public bus to the public library and study any subject we wanted. And I decided I would study math. And in that one year, I, this was sixth grade again, I learned uh, sixth grade math, seventh grade math, eighth grade math, ninth grade math, and 10th grade math. And I taught myself those things just because it was fun and nobody was really shoving it down my throat. Uh, so it was really because it was non-traditional, it was something that I could direct and explore on my own terms and my own pace. Uh, it was remarkably, uh, remarkably more effective than... Um, just a traditional classroom setting where you have a lecturer stand up and speak at you for 45 minutes about the things that you need to know. So I'm encouraged. And I think if we do this right, that as a society, we can exit this time period with much more effective educational tools in hand than we had before. That's my hope.